Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. Man, it's been a week already. I can't believe it. So fast. Apparently. Oh, man, I am telling you, I have been so busy, you guys. I don't even know if everybody knows. I don't even think I've talked about it on Gamers Inn yet, but um, I went back to school because I didn't realize or I didn't know, wasn't told that my work contract was actually going to get extended another year until I only had a week left on my contract. So I had already applied to school when I found out that my contract was getting extended. So I'm now in school and still working full time and it's a lot. So yeah, the weeks are freaking flying by. It's already halfway through February. What is even going on? <laughs> like it just is. Oh man, it's craziness. It's craziness. Yeah, that's that is the craziest part is that February is almost uh, halfway over and um, there's a brand new not brand new, I guess, but a new Nintendo game coming out on Friday. And uh, it's one, new to me, so I'm excited. <laughs> and, and, and there are portions of it that are that are new to me. I'm, I'm especially excited as we sort of had a, a chat about what we're going to be covering over the next month. Um, I'm especially excited to check out some online co-op because that was not in Super Mario 3D World super 3d whatever is it super mario world <laughs> the original 3d version and even if it did have online co-op no one else had the console so it just would have been you playing with yourself anyway yeah no i'm pretty sure it didn't have online because that was the biggest part <laughs> that sucked about wii u games is that if it didn't have online play um you really didn't have people to play with because uh not only could you not find folks nearby when they were nearby they're like no i don't want to play wii u i want to play whatever anything what, else yeah anything else <laughs> I want to play my 360 or whatever was around at the time um but yeah no i'm excited about that uh i'm excited to spoil the medium for you although i feel like knowing the way you experience stories and your 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 mind is is like my co-host lose on on zamp is that always thinking one step ahead of the of the of the medium and i mean like the content not necessarily this specific game and uh you you can see it coming a mile away and i really think the story is is predictable in that way that if you kind of think of all the branching paths it's like okay yeah clearly it was the it was the butler in in the laboratory or whatever that killed the dude <laughs> um and yeah you'd with be the right. candlestick with the candlestick unless you watch that one version of clue that was not that but really it's been a, it's a, that's a that's a reference and a half <laughs> but uh yeah no i i did finish the medium last week and i think that uh i don't even know i think the best place to start really jocelyn is is to make you you didn't get much you didn't get much further which means you didn't get to experience the the thing i teased you about last week which was the uh the grossest part that they make you do multiple times um i had a pretty good idea though just based on what your <laughs> like a description was because i was like because i got to the point where uh i hit a barrier and as my character's walking up to it she was like oh what is that <laughs> <laughs> and it's just basically a door made out of flesh so i was like okay either i'm gonna have to open that or i'm gonna have to like walk through it or something's gonna like burst out at me i'm not really sure but i'm pretty sure when it happens it's gonna be gross and then you were talking about the grossest part of the game that you have to do a lot of times i'm like I bet there's a lot of flesh doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I will make sure this, this works well for our audio listeners and whatnot, but I'm going to send you a clip. I want you to watch it and I want to get your reaction because it's... Oh, no. You... <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sending this and there might be an ad so don't worry about it we'll we'll fix it in post but i think that um you what you do here in this specific instance with this this uh fleshy mass um you have to do throughout the game constantly it doesn't just show up for one little <laughs> chapter it shows up from beginning the first flesh door to the very bitter end flesh door <laughs> and uh, no that will not right. be the title of the show <laughs> opening the flesh door no, no no or the bitter flesh door or whatever anything to do with the flesh door it's not Nothing happening about flesh doors it's okay. staying within the content of this show uh and you have to listen to it to get it you're not going to get a tease because we don't want what was it mad porno mad libs we still porno get mad libs was like episode 54 or something of gamers in yeah. and yeah we still get hits it's a bad idea yeah, it was a bad idea <laughs> 
or a great idea. <laughs> I, I mean, if anyone started listening to the show because they they probably wouldn't tell us, honestly. They, they might, though. They might. I mean, if they're, yeah. Hit us up in Discord if you found us through Porno no. Mad Libs. <laughs> I don't know if oh, I want to welcome. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to listen to it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. This better not, like, blow my earballs out. I hope it doesn't. Is it always this slow? Yeah. That's not that bad. I thought it was pretty bad. I, I As soon as I did it. It's not that bad. Is it not? Okay, maybe I'm <laughs> no. wrong. No. It's like, oh my God, right. There's been so many more gory, gross things that have been done in video games. There wasn't even much of like a sucking sound. I was expecting some real like flesh on flesh, like smacking I just think the the, the fact and that they sucking. make you do it throughout the rest of the game would just eventually to me it was like oh we're doing I this mean, again to me, that that yeah exactly that would be like my reaction throughout this game is that having to do that and go through that big huge long animation like I I literally thought you were gonna have to like walk through it and get all gooey or something mm-hmm. but it's just I mean you you get a razor to slice it open. It's just it's just really slow. I that would be the thing that would tick me off is just the mechanic itself. Be like, why do I have to watch a fifteen second animation every single time? Yeah, so the, it's a mechanic that's that's introduced in the first sort of uh, past the prologue, the first act. Once you join, you you reach the Niwa um, resort, and um, this is the thing. Like it does. I don't know. To me. It doesn't make sense long term, but in the moment, uh, and and again, there's a lot in this game that if you really dig deep into some of the characters, like, you know, there's um, in this specific instance, there was a character that had committed suicide. So that's why you you find this this razor and in and in the spirit world. So it's this like really bony looking thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you, you use it throughout the game. And I think where where you haven't gotten yet there's more revealed in the sense that like you're not there to interact with um thomas the person that calls you you're not there to interact with the little girl ghost that you first meet who who goes by sadness oh i totally thought we were gonna be bros well well funny enough yeah more like sisters um you are you and her are pretty close throughout the game and um the 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 whole point being like you go to this resort and it's very much haunted by some sort of demon that is super duper creepy uh and i quote i think it's i think it goes by the maw and there will be these segments okay. of the game where he will chase you um and i think that's which they definitely showed a lot in the trailer yes. and was the uh part of the game that i was the most um worried about i guess like just from a, a creep factor like standpoint, although I always find uh, ghost stories like stick with me and I tend to enjoy them more when I'm watching them, but they creep me out for a lot longer versus like jump scare monster stuff, which is like way worse in the moment, but usually never sticks with me. Um, and this is a really like a combination of both of those, right? Like you get those like spooky haunting moments, but then also like the the jump scary monster chase moments. And uh, I don't really like it gives me too much of an adrenaline rush all at once. So I don't really like those like big jumpy creepy monster moments although i definitely sleep better after those than i do after ghosty haunty moments (laughs) yeah it's um it's kind of weird like it it takes the the reason you put it really well in that it's a little bit of both the medium is a little bit of both like both monster and ghost story in the sense that it is a it is a game experienced in both worlds where when when you're in the spirit world it's very much a monster chasing you it's this corporeal thing that's chasing you down hallways as you're trying to avoid it and then right. in the in the real world it is a ghost because he ha- he doesn't have a he he's he's invisible and but he can still interact with you and and kill you if he catches you so they really play up that puzzle mode where you are split. You're in both worlds simultaneously. And depending on, on how you're progressing, um, you can get 
captured by either the ghost or the ghost version or the demon version. Um, and you're having to kind of swap back and forth to traverse um, these these areas as you're trying to avoid being captured or found by uh, by the Maw. And it's very much this very creepy demon who's constantly shouting that he wants to wear you. And um, <laughs> I'm not joking. It's very, very gross. They go in some directions with that that is like you know, very unsettling. I kind of... Uh, oh, okay. So that was going to be kind of like my my question or point or the thing that I normally don't like is like when they personify demonic entities in horror because I generally then find them less scary. It's like when things are just monsters, it's like there's no reasoning with them maybe or it just it it feels more like visceral it's like as soon as you start to have them like able to communicate it, then it, it kind of like brings it down a notch in terms of the spook factor for me because yeah. i'm just like oh now you're getting a little bit silly because then you're saying things like i want to wear your face and i'm just like that's dumb <laughs> who wants to wear more than your face he, like, well, okay. wants your whole <laughs> like, you know body <laughs> but you know, know what i mean like as yeah. soon as they start saying stuff like that you're just like okay that's like you're trying too hard mr demon versus yeah. like just like, it's, like, it's, like yeah, that's, very there, that's creepy <laughs> I, I think like they um and and again this game while scary and unsettling it ha it it respects the player if you're not a big horror fan because um, as I described with Amnesia Rebirth last year, this game very much telegraphs when you are in danger. So if you like we joke about how slow you run and interact with objects in the in any adventure game in this, when you're being chased by the maw, you very much are given the ability to start running. Maybe her her knees are like, OK, we're good to go, guys. And then she's <laughs> able to like run a little faster. Um, but it's uh you know when you're in danger. You know when you need to sneak. You know when you need to run. Um, there's a segment later on in the game where the maw pops back up and you're having to do puzzles to kind of make your way through the area and and honestly um, incapacitate the maw so you can move forward. So, like, it's very much telegraph where, like, oh, because I can't run, even though the maw is, like, right over there, I'm either, if and I'm not, I can't sneak, I have to solve this puzzle, which will allow me to push through this area. So I wasn't. So you're not scared because at the end of the day, the game is going to suddenly cheat and implement some new way for you to be killed by the maw. No, you you see him over there, but you know the game wants you to solve this puzzle. Therefore, you're not in danger because you're yeah. given the the breadth of time to solve that puzzle. So it's very respectful of of the player's sort of. Um, mental well-being toler yeah tolerant horror tolerance <laughs> exactly so I, I like that um but like the story i i feel like the story goes in some really interesting directions and you know what is unveiled about that sort of resort and and this demon isn't like you get more about the resort up front but then like the game is backloaded with why this demon is there where the demon came from um who yeah because sadness the, the is resort and, it's Self, this mm. is like is is it taking place in like germany or something because i, I very much got like an east west german type feel to it where like wherever she's living wasn't under like super crazy government control but this resort exists that was like very much a, a social socialist like utopian resort or whatever it was like where all the workers were allowed to go to vacation sort of thing and government owned like very very communist like mm -hmm. russia type stuff well there was so there was some hints of like poland there was some you know collectibles you get that reference poland but then uh later on in the game there's very much a character that is uh that is a, a kgb russian agent um okay uh thomas who you eventually do meet in the game and you actually get to control as a second character um he is uh, a character that was held um by the russians after being held by the germans so very much in that like, era of like in that area in that post-war yeah, like he was yeah. world he was world war ii um 
in the game, it makes you think that this is all taking place sort of simultaneously as you're jumping back and forth. You like start things off as you find this. Um, you're learning about this uh, this character. There's some other ghosts that pop up, like, and some of them are good, like sadness, and others are clearly bad. Um, not necessarily, you know, as bad as the Maw. The Maw is like a different sort of demon thing. Right. He's but a different thing. Yeah. You get to a point where you interact with an object, and then you're now suddenly experiencing the story from uh, Thomas's point of view. And then Thomas okay. is revealed to have like this medium he's also a medium so he's got like a doppelganger um but his doppelganger is oddly like separate from him like a separate version whereas in the medium the main character madeline madeline i I can't remember her name anymore um the main (laughs) character she is when she's split in two she is it it is a mirror effect She's back and forth and back and forth and yeah mirrors yeah. yeah but in this case with with thomas like he he is very much himself and then his spirit version is a is a different person it's him but like kind of like a like a like a doppelganger type thing and um they can operate in sort of um they're not operating independently exactly they're independent so you you learn a bit more about that but it's very random like why am i suddenly seeing this thomas person why am i running around as thomas and there was some like critiques last week where we talked about some areas it feels very sparse um the -hmm. areas where you're playing as thomas like it is even more so sparse where you're kind of just walking through a narrative hallway getting talked to by the game to kind of offload some story just exposition yeah exactly so you learn more about why he's upset with um richard and you're trying to sort out what he's done to in in the moment like you're trying to figure out like what has he done to your daughter or or is it sadness or whatever it's very hard to kind of understand in the moment but as the game moves forward uh and you get to near the end like it all starts to open up in that like thomas is your dad but in the past, like he's in the past, like all the stuff you were experiencing was like, you know, 30 years ago. So he's like your dad. And then you had a sister and your sister was not sadness, I think. Like it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to tell. I, I don't remember, like they don't really explain who sadness is. Like sadness is another kid from the resort, but she doesn't right. want to go away. But that like, could be anybody. Yeah. It could be anyone. I think sadness was. Well, because sadness says right at the very beginning, she's like, yeah, there used to be tons of friends for me here. And now yeah. everybody's gone. Like, like everyone, everyone's dead, like at that resort. Although and at, this, at the same time, like. If she's the only one to stick around, it would make sense that she would be important to the story. So I think it would make sense that she would be assuming you have one, your sister. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like you do have a sister. If there's gonna be a if there's gonna be a, like a, a daughter sister sort of thing, like you would think it would be the little girl that you're shown. <laughs> I, like I I think the little girl is your friend because you so you um so Thomas he escapes from the Russians. He comes to this resort. He lives there as the groundskeeper in this like house with his two daughters. Um uh you're the younger daughter um when you were born your mother passed away um right from childbirth and uh and your older sister kind of always held that against you uh it turns out the older sister had the maw inside her this whole time and then um the the russian agent like is trying to you know get trying to figure out what thomas's powers are so he's like torturing him and evidently like he um ties him ties him to a chair the agent ties thomas to a chair and then burns the house with your daughters in it with his daughters in it to basically egg him on which is like super dark and um essentially what happens and there was the the burns you had that mm -hmm. like burn origin story exactly at the beginning yeah yeah, okay you, you eventually get to the point where you discover that the reason you escaped and the reason your sister escaped was because she made a deal with the demon inside her to basically save both the sisters. And um, you end up fighting like the Maw. You can never really take the Maw out. You can kind of just like keep him at bay. And um, 
it's it, and like the story is really interesting as it goes forward like you, it doesn't give you all the information about the characters right off the bat and i felt that worked really well but then at the end when they try to kind of piece it all together it's still working like the whole thomas angle that's really interesting um your sister that's really interesting you find this like bunker where your father was holding essentially your older sister not hostage but keeping her in this like salt lined you know bunker yeah room. okay yeah yeah and um just to basically keep <laughs> this keep... all checks with what i know about supernatural <laughs> yeah salt turns out yeah <laughs> very good you put in a shotgun and you shoot it and you have really wavy long hair that's that was probably yeah. the best part about that show the, the wavy <laughs> long hair um what was i talking about oh right and uh <laughs> I love that I'm so easy. I can distract you so easily with Sam and Dean. I mean, I mean it happens to me all the time, but I just, uh, now I know Ryan's weakness as well. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, yeah. So you find out your father, basically the reason you were, you know, uh, being raised by Jack uh, at the beginning, the funeral um, director, yep. your father gave you up for adoption. Um, after the fire, you were in the hospital and essentially he kind of like, abandon you at the hospital because he wanted to go back to the resort and basically keep his older daughter in this like salt lined um bunker so that the maw couldn't Under escape wraps, yeah yeah because once but then obviously that doesn't go well the maw escapes takes out the whole resort basically makes them all his uh his his food like he's trying to find this vessel right. that can contain him and that was all really interesting from a story perspective. And then the Which ending. Which is kind of weird because if he already had a vessel in the daughter, why did he leave the daughter? I I don't think he. <laughs> to find another vessel? Yeah. Like it was it was hard to understand. And I think that's this is at the end. That's where it kind of falls apart. And it, maybe it's just where you have to like kind of sort out what happened because it's like pretty pointed in what happens but it's also vague so sadness says like you you know you from what i remember sadness says okay you know what you need to do now uh it all ends at a lake so you go to the lake it's the lake from the vision at the very beginning of the game um okay oh and you find like thomas's you know spirit guy you kind of like unlock him from wherever prison he was in because i guess he was stuck in like the russian agent's mind it gets a little murky near <laughs> the end like it gets a little convoluted okay. yeah near the end like the, the more they introduce these new characters it gets a little murky near the end but it, it kind of all works within the rules that have been established from this from this medium thing like um but you don't really know what's going on with you don't know what's going on with current thomas the idea right. of there's like these interstitial moments in the game where your main character she's pouring coffee and she's talking to someone she's explaining what's happened so far right and that's like right at the very beginning when i was talking about that whole uncanny valleyness that this mm -hmm. game had because i'm like what is she looking at is she looking at me is she looking through me like what's going on because it was a really like I, I don't want to say poorly animated because that feels unnecessarily like unfair on the devs, but mm. it was not the best cinematic. <laughs> it's the, the game like, is rough from an animation yeah, standpoint. Yeah, there's some moments. <laughs> yeah, and it really shows when you've got characters speaking and um, that whole riff of her explaining the story. She's basically talking to Thomas's um, spirit version so she's ah uh, okay she's basically talking to an empty room in the bunker but in the spirit world her spirit version and thomas's spirit version they've been separated you don't know where the real thomas is you assume he's been you know um he's he's been driven out by the maw like you have no idea it, it's not revealed so to you in concrete real you detail. and spirit thomas are together and spirit you is off on it, her own and real thomas is off on his own no you're you're oh. there with sp your spirit version is there because you you never oh, get okay, separated okay. when you are okay. separated like the mechanics of of your main character um when she separates and goes just you know, what do they call it like a like an out-of-body experience she can't last away from her right, parallel she self can't, right she can't go too far away right 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 but okay. for some reason Thomas I, was, is I was just cool. a little He's confused good. with the yeah with the way that you were kind of explaining that i thought something happened where you split at the no. same time but 
Okay, but Thomas is the only one that's split. You're He's explaining split. things to him. So in the end, do you ever conquer the Ma or find Thomas or figure out who Sadness is? Okay, so again, like the details of Sadness, it's probably just me forgetting what happened. Like, I'm pretty sure she's okay. just someone at the resort that you played with as a child. So she knows she knows you. You have some familiarity, but you can't quite place it because you you don't remember anything about your time you don't at remember this being there yeah yeah right. but the ending basically is like oh you got to go to the lake that's where that's where it ends and you go to the lake and you get to the you get to the dock and you see a, a, a woman standing there at the end of the dock it's your sister dun 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 the older sister dun, dun, dun. and you have this conversation with her and you have this reunion and it's very bittersweet because she like pulls out a gun and she's like there's only one way that we can end this i need you to shoot me so your main character is basically like, no, we just got back together. I'm not going to shoot you. And it's essentially like, you have to kill me so that the Maw dies. But the whole point of the story is that the Maw wants your your main character because she's this fresh medium. Her powers have been sort of developed. So she, she would oh, work as a good yeah. vessel. And the game basically ends like you have the gun and it's like she just basically said the main character. I wish I remember. I think her name's Madeline. Is it Madeline or Marion? Marion. She basically <laughs> says, oh, there's one other way. And then she just shoots herself in the head. And that's the end of the game. <laughs> it's um, very unsatisfying. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, it's it's one of those dark endings from a horror perspective that like ooh it fits what a twist she kills herself and but there's no payoff like there's no you don't know if the maw has been subsided you don't know if you've basically left your sister to be tortured for the rest of her life by killing yourself well, that's what i was gonna say like that doesn't really solve anything because the sister's still there yeah. so and the sister does not look good a vessel like, <laughs> like she's had a rough couple decades with this demon running around uh, a completely uh, consumed uh resort so essentially she's the only one left you do come across another character like a caretaker that had recently deceased but like the idea is that you've you've left your sister at this resort Wait, with this demon you find a care you find a caretaker who's recently died yeah like he stays behind That's at the resort thomas then no was, his name's frank he's he's different he has a dog you find the dog and <laughs> and the dog leads you to frank well if he has a dog he could clearly not have two daughters well it's just insanity <laughs> but then post credits you find there's this like clock on the ground and you see this character pick it up and it's very much insinuated that that's the that's real thomas you know that's that's been released from whatever yeah i don't know hell jail or whatever it's the end is very it um, sounds very vague it's very vague and it's not the kind of ending i like because it's like we just spent all this time with this character you've grown attached to her and her powers and her ability to interact in in a great way with with this other spirit world and she just shoots herself without kind of like i mean if she had shot her older sister it still would have been a really bitter like just bitter ending but I don't know. Like, I don't think like that was the best way to do it. Well, and it seems like there's a lot of unfinished, unexplored potential mm. like story and world building there. And I wonder if it's again, much like the animation, just a product of, um, you know, a size of dev team, um, scope of project, like all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, to me, that sounds like a perfect like springing off point for the medium too, where yes. it's like, okay, I found my sister. Nobody dies. Now we have to figure out like, why was the Ma contained to the resort? Is it because it's tied to my sister and she never left? Or is there another way we can imprison it here? Like, can we somehow release all the spirits, but you know, keep him contained and then, you know, get ourselves to safety. Like, where is our dad? Like, let's buddy cop this thing and go find dad. Like there's, it seems like there's a lot of um, hanging threads that could be resolved in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably a product of the dev team. Like they had, it sounds like a really good story right up until the last like 10% or so where it just kind of goes off the rails. And I think they probably had an idea because they built a really interesting world. Like it pulled me in. Yeah. It's just that, you know, like they, they built this really cool and interesting world 
and then kind of couldn't stick the landing, which I think sometimes just happens when you have a smaller team with some limited resources. Because, um, like, like I said, this really seems like they could have kept going from here. And I could have seen this being like even it, it sounds even like halfway through the game, you know, like they, this really could have been a medium two situation or they could have stretched it out and made it a 20 hour game instead of a 10 hour game. Like it, this seems like there was more potential story and they just kind of maybe went for the the shock value ending just yeah. to put a, some kind of a bow on it. <laughs> but there's a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. And again, like, I don't I don't necessarily want to insinuate that there are, are a lot of unanswered questions, because like, as I was playing through the game, you know, I'm playing it sporadically, playing it whenever I get, get a chance. And then really what sticks with me is is like the last sort of hour where you are, you know, learning more about your sister, you're learning more about who the Ma is and your family and what happened to Thomas. Like a lot isn't explained in complete 100% detail but there are notes there that kind of say oh this is why this per you know you get context for why the caretaker had stayed behind you get context to you know what's going on with uh you know um Richard and and Thomas and all these characters and and the secret agent guy who seems to be chasing you for some reason that's i think his name's Henry that's not really He's he's after him because he's trying to recapture Thomas because I guess he's been he's been off uh, he's been living living on the on the lamb as they call it I guess I don't know but uh, I I think you're right like it's a very I think they went for the standard horror um, ending option where it's like we're not gonna give you a happy ending we're gonna give you a um, what is a, a, a very a bitter ending hard hard pill to swallow type situation but we're giving you hope for a sequel it just sucks that the sequel is going to focus on um the dad because again he wasn't i don't know uh in, in terms of the characters present in this game like he was he was interesting don't get me wrong but i much preferred um playing as the main character which was marion and and even maybe if the older sister had like the older sister's still around but again like basically what you've done with this ending is you've basically cursed your older sister to be stuck with the maw forever i it didn't really make sense yeah. maybe there was a throwaway <laughs> line where it's like if i die the maw will starve but i didn't get that sense like you that still doesn't like i mean there's still a little bit of your sister left to be eaten like <laughs> yeah she did not look you good still but seem to be yeah you still seem to be condemning your sister to a not so great fate <laughs> yeah it's just it was a very it's very like i like endings with hope like i'm gonna pay i'm gonna play yeah. a, a 10 hour experience Which i want to feel I'm good okay. at the end i'm okay with a with a uh air quotes bad ending like i'm i'm fine with that in games i think you know not having a good hopeful ending in every single piece of content makes it more interesting because then sure. you're like oh what's this one gonna be right <laughs> so i'm okay with like sad endings or the worst possible outcome as long as it still makes sense and tells a good story like if the main character had died and that had taken the maw down with it, then that's a self-sacrifice. That's an interesting story that would like maybe free her sister and her dad. And that's why she's choosing to do it. But there wasn't really that feeling here. It's like, well, I'm going to take myself out so that I don't get stuck here like you. Ha ha ha! Screw you! Bye. Like <laughs> well, it's a it's, really weird ending. Even though it's to framed, not be fully yeah, is, is really odd because like you you do see her clearly put the gun up to her head, but then the 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 camera pans out to the vista, and then you hear the gunshot. The ma is clearly very unhinged and unhappy about what it is seeing unfold because you kind of get this mm -hmm. really cool split screen ending where um it's close up on Marion's face. And half the screen is the spirit world, half the screen is her, and you're hearing the Maw is, is not is is very concerned with the turn of events because basically he's like, haha, I've won, I've got you now, my pretties type thing. And um he's not happy about where this goes. So I mean it's very clear that she she does Marion kills herself thinking that this is gonna solve it. And and I think the Maw is unhappy about that, but again, 
if if the ma is unhappy we see what he does when he's unhappy and it's not great mm-hmm. and you have your living yeah. older sister standing there and and yes the the post credits offers a little bit of hope in the sense that your father has suddenly i'm assuming your father has suddenly reappeared all you see is his shoe and him pick up his watch again like but he's the only character possibly left living because the last living character mm. we saw was you shooting yourself and your sister not looking so hot so <laughs> I, I mean i hazard to guess that it is that it is your your father so both you've you've freed your father's medium version and he in the post credits seem to imply that he uh his physical version has been released as well so maybe the maybe the follow-up like it, it like a follow-up either a dlc expansion or um probably most likely a medium too because there was an announcement shortly after release that they had basically recouped all their dev uh costs and marketing costs in the first sort of week of release which is great um mm-hmm. i would really love to see a sequel, and i i was gonna say i would love to see some numbers out of microsoft to know like how much of that was like game pass because we don't really like ever see stats like that right it's it's so interesting to me because i mean it's the same sort of idea as like netflix right it's like i would really like to know what all of those like revenue sharing and like um just all of those contracts look like those licensing agreements like how do you decide that something that's available as part of a larger subscription service has like made its money back or not like did microsoft see a big uptick in game pass did the medium sell a lot of copies outside of the game pass experience like i'm just so curious to know like how all of that revenue is kind of like calculated like where that money comes from given that it is free on game pass right now yeah like i'm I'm sure there's a marketing deal that microsoft had with um i think the developers like bloober or something and um but also some amount of money must have been exchanged to to get it on Game Pass and to and to have it be Yeah, a exactly. Xbox like exclusive. how does that all how does that all work, right? Like yeah. cuz there's got to be, you know, there's obviously perks cuz both you and I played Medium on Game Pass. So that's two and we're obviously not alone, but that's two players that may or may not have actually purchased the game. Like I probably I mean, I would have eventually but I think overall, I would have waited for a sale, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would have paid full price for this. So it's like they had you and I playing like day one and, you know, talking about it, bringing it to the show and everything else. And, you know, not to say we have a huge, huge audience, but still like, you know, they're they're definitely getting more eyes on more players, more buzz, more all the rest of it. Um because they're on game pass so they're getting something out of it microsoft is getting something out of it like yeah i don't know i just i would i'm just so curious to know what all of those behind the door numbers look like and of course we're never going to but um it's it's interesting that like they have this kind of convoluted subscription revenue as part of their income from the game and then so to come out with a statement and be like hey we made all our money back like that's great like what how does that break down to like sales of medium versus like game pass revenue and how does that all come together i'd just be really curious to know but again that's just my own curiosity it doesn't Mm -hmm. really have any bearing on the situation because obviously if they've made their money back and all of their marketing costs and everything else then you know they're laughing (laughs) it's still really early for that to be happening so especially it sounds like they've done really well yeah like a horror game um uh what is what i, I guess like, like a double a game gets, like i guess a, a bad rap or like maybe it's just um a kind of genre that used to be so kind of out there and you know horror wasn't as mainstream as a lot of other things and i feel like it's um just evolved as a genre and it happened on like the tv and movie side of things faster but it's kind of like bleeding over to video games now and like horror games aren't as like tropey and terrible as maybe they were in their inception (laughs) so i think they're really starting to gain some traction with not just like horror fans but also just game fans and i think a lot of the things that you talked about with the medium of like 
respecting the players like feelings and having a very clear delineation between like adventure explore puzzle time and like run for your life you're in danger time I think probably uh, plays into a lot of that as well of where like you can maybe have people who aren't normally fans of horror really enjoy a game like this that does something that's so new as to have like a split screen two character fully rendered and controllable kind of an experience like it, it is a for a double a or whatever you want to call it game it is a big undertaking i think and uh you know i think they leaned into maybe that technical side of things and not so much into the animation but again like we were talking off the top like something's got to give right at some point something's got to give so i'm i'm not gonna you know hold them to the fire too much on that because i think in the end they produce something that was unique and really interesting and i hope that they do you know make something uh, whether it's actually a straight up medium too um uh, but just something else in this world like it was just such an interesting world Mm -hmm. no it's uh yeah the game is is the story works really well right up right up until the end but i think the ending doesn't necessarily ruin the the journey that you have because again it really is just right up until that final decision that i was like oh not very happy about that <laughs> but i would love to see uh i would love to see a sequel and i think i think we'll get it and, and I mean, even if their recoup of development costs is, is purely based on their Game Pass deal, that's still a that's still a win for developers because that's the beauty of Game Passes. I think it does mm -hmm. or, or really a lot of subscription games. Um, Game Pass allows these de developers to take a chance, um, get it out there to a, a, a mass amount of people that might not play it because I think the medium doesn't necessarily fit the type of game that I would normally play. Um, but because it's on game but it's pass a great I... like january february lull mm -hmm. time title to to pass some time to try something new in a time where the market isn't necessarily flooded with AAA stuff and also you're on game pass so you're free for a lot of people or a small investment if somebody wants to just you know pay a um, one month of game pass to try you out like it's a it's definitely a, a really really good model for them so i'm glad they took advantage but ryan do you know what i want to see a sequel to what's that our january patron <laughs> we are currently looking for our february patron so if you'd like to support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in that's going to bring us to the news section of the show this week and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about blizzard uh they had their earnings call or i guess activision blizzard had their earnings call uh this past week and uh has i mean not really leaked because this is obviously on purpose but uh they have started <laughs> openly talking about us. how they have yeah they they really are preparing us for what i imagine is probably going to begin with announcements at blizzcon line which is happening um on february 19th and 20th but they have multiple free to play warcraft specific so this is not diablo immortal guys this is mm. warcraft specific mobile games very far into development yeah <laughs> so yeah it's very it's very um it's definitely one of those conversations that they're having with with people who uh like a financial call where it's like okay the terms they're using are very much speaking to them as like this is what's coming down the road but yeah um, this is the earnings call this is for investors yeah. this is like yeah this is about money exactly but when you think about what happened with diablo immortals which was a game announced a mobile free-to-play game announced uh at the biggest video game event especially for blizzard fans and this is before Diablo 4 was announced, so it's kind of like, ooh, is this a new Diablo project? And and people react strongly to mobile games uh, in, in, in negative ways. Well, the problem ways. with Diablo Immortal is that year at BlizzCon specifically, that and a Hearthstone expansion was all they had to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh it was not a great year for BlizzCons. So they probably should have skipped it. <laughs> well, it's it's so weird. And I mean, it's weird talking about BlizzCon because it's obviously changed um, with the pandemic. But I've always felt like it was if you're going to BlizzCon for the announcements, 
I think you're spending a lot of money for because you're going for the community. You're going for the panels. You're going for um, to, to meet your friends, to just hang out as a Blizzard fan. Like, I think if you're going for the announcements, you are gambling because like you do get these years where they try to really, you know, push uh, as many announcements as they can. But they really are just one developer, like unless you want you know, it to be the Blizz Activision con where you have, like, the new Call of Duty announced there every year and, and all that. Like, oh, God, I put it out there. It's well, I mean, they're kind now, of... <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, they're not moving there in terms of, like, bringing the Activision properties into BlizzCon, but they're definitely a much larger company with a lot more properties than they had even, you know, like, seven, eight, nine years ago, right? Like, Hearthstone, Overwatch, lesser heroes of the storm right because yeah. they've you know they, they <laughs> announced that launched that and put that to bed in that time period so um <laughs> it very much uh is it's a yeah, i feel like it's a little pet project now <laughs> for some people it's a, what they call maintenance mode or whatever but like hearthstone's still putting out regular content like overwatch is getting overwatch too like they went from, you know, three titles with Warcraft and Diablo and Starcraft to five and a half titles that they're currently maintaining. So on top of all the things that they're doing with all of their remasters, whether those are successful or not, is kind of unique to each project. But, you know, like right now, the remaster team is maybe not that highly regarded, but no. um, they're still pumping out exist. a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah was they, that de story. they definitely got dismantled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think like this is clear, like as you were saying, this is clearly like them getting ahead of themselves. They know what happened with Diablo Immortals. So they're basically saying, look, any any of the hardcores that are paying attention to gaming news that that would get really, really, really frustrated with a mobile announcement are going to read this and be like, OK, I am prepared for one to three Warcraft mobile games to be announced at BlizzCon Line <laughs> alongside the launch windows being way far out for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. Those games aren't coming this year. They've basically yeah. said that the the launch windows have been pushed out of 2021 and these mobile games, I'm I'm imagining Diablo Immortals and one of these Warcraft projects is on the horizon like coming this year if not by by summer or or whatever. Oh, so I'm yeah. I'm of the of the uh, mentality because I feel like we've seen job postings for mm -hmm. Warcraft mobile games for the last couple of years. Like they've very kind of because I feel like on for Azeroth and, and other shows, we've kind of um, been talking about what a Warcraft mobile game could potentially look like. And I feel like those conversations have been going on for at least two, if not three years of like, hey, there's another job posting. It's specifically Warcraft. Like, what are they working on? What app is this going to be? The app that we currently have, which is basically a joke and might as well not exist. Or are they going to actually make something new? And I think this call very much said they are making a Warcraft mobile game, which might scare some i'm kind of hoping that we get something with battle pets that we can do on mobile um because that i think is the biggest part of the game that i don't interact with that i absolutely would if i could do it on my phone um just because like it's not uh it's it's very pokemon right like you have a couple of abilities there's like certain types that beat other types but are weak to other things and like it is it's very pokemon um, and so it's also not very, um, like intense when you think of like, once you get into a pet battle, you can't move in Warcraft. They have a very specific like move set and animation set. Like it's very static when you compare it to the rest of the MMO. So, I mean, it could translate very easily to a mobile app. So that's always my guess when we talk about what mobile games could look like. Mm -hmm. But the other piece of this is that they also talked about how they're going to increase premium content in world of Warcraft, which a lot of people are not big fans of. I don't mind, but a lot of people are not big fans of is, is that <laughs> is premium content in world of Warcraft more speaking to you have a wow subscription. Therefore you have more content coming your way. Like, no, okay. No, so it, they are talking about like um store content so um in the past we've had some transmog items we've had some mounts we've had some battle pets 
Um, there's really the only thing that would bother me would be if they start like going down the Star Wars track where they're like, hey, if you buy this thing, you can get an XP boost and also you get to run faster. And like, because those like straight up game mechanics really bother me when you put a price tag on them. But if you're just going to let me change my hair to be like 18 different colors so I can have a full on like rainbow elf, I'm totally fine with that. Like make it cosmetic only and then charge whatever you want. Give whales a way to support your game because wow has a set subscription. And the problem with a set subscription when you're talking about making money is that that is the price of the game for everybody, which means you have to make it work for like the low end of people, but also push it as high as you can because you want to get as much money as you can out of people who can afford it. Right. So you're always riding that balance. So what you really want to do is get that subscription as cheap as possible to get as many people playing as possible while offering premium experiences that don't necessarily impact gameplay, but give your players an opportunity to give you more money. Like if you're a, if you are a developer, you want to make money like you're a business. So you want to make your game fun. You want to make your game cheap and you want to make people who are super duper into your game. Give them a way to support you more so than just a base cost, which right now the subscription is a base cost. Um, but I am very much as much as I'm saying, yay, premium content support developers. I am also very much uh, in the camp of if I pay a subscription, I should be able to play every single part of your game. So yeah. if I'm paying you a set amount every month, you better not lock anything mechanical out of my like uh, behind another paywall. Like if I'm paying a subscription, I should be able to play every single aspect of your game. <laughs> Yeah, no, which I agree actually with that. is part. Of, well, although Hearthstone doesn't have a subscription, so I'm not going to rail on them about arena tickets. But <laughs> the fact that arena had a, you know, never mind. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, several shows. Um, I, I think that uh, I think a lot of people are worried that this type of information um, being released is 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 signaling a further. Activision takeover of Blizzard, and I, I think we've already had these conversations multiple Guys, times. It's already happened. It, like, exactly, it's again, already done. Just they're a business; yeah. they want your money. Get over it. Like yeah. support them if you want to support them, and you like to play their content. If you don't like to play their content, move on. It's fine. Like, but this is Activision and has been Activision for a long time. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I think with Blizzard, um, they've sort of joined. Like, I'm not a big. I, I used to be. Uh, like really into wow but i think after heroes of the storm and i and i heroes of the storm was understandable like i kind of understand stood where they were coming from it wasn't catching on um there were a lot of other mobas that were that were coming and going and they're and dota is still king of all and they just they came to it too late i mean to be fair i always thought that heroes like was my favorite like heroes yeah. and smite were always my two favorite to play because they were more interesting and different i thought than the others i didn't like dota or league I really enjoyed the team aspect of Heroes where it was like everybody shares everybody's XP. I thought that was a really interesting game mechanic because then you could be like, hey, you person there, your character, what you do is you get XP for the team while we try to hold off the other guys in team fights. You know, yeah. like they made interesting um, kind of choices that you could make and like when to rotate that person back in. Like that was really interesting instead of just like, okay, two in that lane, two in that lane, one in that lane, like last hitting stuff and you know blah eh, eh, i don't know i just bleh. Yeah. um but then like which smite worked that exact same way as the other mobas with all the last hitting and and you know like lane partnering and all that kind of whatever but then it had the better like graphical experience i guess with the with the kind of over the shoulder view as opposed to being like the the top down kind of view that the other ones had. So it had that unique thing that made that pulled me in and got me more interested in playing what was not necessarily my favorite kind of game mode. So like I heroes, like it, heroes really had some stuff, but I think it just because they were so late to the game, it kind of got a bad rap right from the get go, whether it was deserved or not. Like, I think yeah. people just looked at it and went, Oh, psh, 
Blizz simplifying things, you know, way too late to the game. Like, get out. You used to innovate. What are you even doing right now? Like, get out of our genre, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> that was kind of the vibe that I got out of people who were mobile players, kind of like thumbing their thumbing their nose. Is that a thing? I think it is. <laughs> at, yeah. Okay. Like yeah, thumbing move. their nose at okay. Um, <laughs> at uh, at heroes, like it was very much like poo pooed and and looked down upon by uh, by the other by other mobile players. So I, I don't know. I I loved. I was. Heroes a, I feel Storm. like that was a tangent. And a half. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think you picked up on. I, I I think what I was. What I was trying to say is I loved Heroes of the Storm, but I understand why Blizzard did what they did. It sucked. It but it was it was the start, it was the beginning and the end with Blizzard where after Heroes of the Storm and then the whole Warcraft 3 reforged fiasco, they joined for me at least, they joined the the sort of the ranks of, of EA. It's like, okay, we're waiting for reviews, <laughs> no more pre-ordering. Yeah. And again, that this news coming out, like it actually has me um excited because like I like mobile games when they're good and if blizzard is able to prove that they can make a good mobile game that sounds great let's see what they can do like you said they've been hiring for nearly five five years for these type of of games so this should come in as no surprise and um i don't know hell maybe it's a warcraft mobile game that is more based on the rts than than the mmo wouldn't that be fantastic mm -hmm. you know because well, that's that is an thing, untapped right? market they said yeah, they said Warcraft mobile games. They did not say World of Warcraft mobile games. So yeah. that kind of leaves it open to be somewhere in the Warcraft universe without necessarily narrowing it down to their MMO property, right? So, yes. I mean, I would be surprised if they have multiple games coming, then, I mean, you're going two or more, right? Because one is not multiple. So multiple free-to-play Warcraft mobile games coming, leads me to believe that there's a lot coming down the pipe and soon so i would say that it's a fairly decent bet that one or more of those are going to somehow either interact with or make use of world of warcraft whether it's your character your battle pets your whatever mm -hmm. like whether it actually ties back into like your world of warcraft account progression i'm not sure but I'm sure that those those ties are going to be there to World of Warcraft. But you're completely right. They could also go the RTS route because that is traditional Warcraft, right? Like that is the pre-MMO content. So yeah. uh, there's they could go multiple ways here. Well, but um, I think something's going to be tied to World of Warcraft for sure. Oh, uh, of course, that's their moneymaker. Well, I'll, I'll curse us all by just throwing this out there. Warcraft themed Clash of Clans. And so sorry, everybody. Back why ryan why because i enjoy Honestly, i still want warcraft themed uh among us because uh. i want to have conversations about how sus garrosh is and yeah. how i'm not sure about sylvanas but i think she's gonna stab me in the back like i want to have i want to have those conversations yeah. but i'm also just a giant nerd so <laughs> why is it always the aggressive um, dictators and or undead people that are super sus lately i don't understand <laughs> It's like let's bring the torn in here and see what they say. Oh, they they killed that guy. I don't know. Really, I'm way behind on Warcraft story, but <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so tell me about uh, Borderlands Gearbox things. <laughs> yeah, so this this kind of this news kind of came out of nowhere, but um, Gearbox, which has been a studio for uh, for a very long time, and they still are. Um, they are the guys <laughs> behind Borderlands. Look, it couldn't have been worse than Borderlands <laughs> this has been Gearbox. Video things. game news with Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Gearbox is a company and has been for a while. Yes, <laughs> and they still are. Uh, they've been purchased by THQ Nordic parent company. Um, so it, it and it, it, I didn't realize they were called Embracer. So I guess the idea was it was it was something before THQ Nordic, and then. They split off, and uh, Embracer was the parent company. THQ Nordic was still a thing. They also picked up Aspire, which is a, a company that does a lot of Mac ports, or did in the past. They might be um, they might be sort of broadening their horizons now. But the key thing here is that Gearbox was this fairly large independent studio, and now they are owned by a parent company, which is kind of crazy. Um, now, 2K has already come out and said that uh, they will continue to publish the all borderlands um entries going forward 
that that has always been the case. 2K has been the publisher there. They must have like a deal for all right. ongoing games uh, of that IP. I think they even had a hand in publishing the Telltale Borderlands game because of that deal. I could be wrong, but um, I seem to remember a 2K logo on that game. But uh, yeah, it's just it's weird to see Gearbox picked up. Um, there's going to be no change in sort of leadership. So all that weird news you heard about a medieval times and, um, Randy Pitchford, that's those antics will probably still continue, um, under the THQ Nordic banner. So, <laughs> um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to look it up because it's, I, to, to recall it from memory would probably bring the show, uh, Do to a screeching halt. Service? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to look it up, but yeah, it's, um, it's it's crazy that they've been picked up and and uh it's weird there are less and less independent studios these days everyone's owned by somebody um but yeah. in this case it was THQ Nordic not Tencent so there you go yay it's the little things it is um <laughs> we also got news this week that E3 2021 is being planned as an all digital event so i don't really think that this should surprise anyone necessarily uh we are still obviously in the throes of the pandemic and uh not really i mean there's some lights at the end of the tunnel but they're kind of like a flickering little candle and you're not really sure how far away it is uh yeah um, so i'm i'm really not surprised that they've gone all digital like at least up in canada and i know um our vaccines have been rolling out a lot slower than a lot of other countries but i mean i don't think we're going to be past this anytime soon like if we can see each other at christmas ryan i'm yeah. going to be shocked so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not surprised that e3 is announcing they're doing an all digital event yeah the e3 was canceled last year um yeah and this year they are doing a digital event now mind you this th here's the weird thing um these digital events that took place like trade shows uh that were sort of replaced uh, a physical event with an online event still charged their exhibitors for quote-unquote space so um okay. the opportunity to be involved with this large parent company um to do a online digital trade show a lot of trade shows have gone to the digital approach but rather than buying physical space where you can interact with real people you are buying the opportunity to network in an online digital event and again it is really easy these days or easier to pull off your own digital event so a lot of what EA, e3 is doing here is they're saying they're they're gonna <laughs> you do a, digital. Said a lot of what ea is doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, like, oh, there's ea there's esa yeah. and I'm, I'm looking at the list of <laughs> so uh, many <laughs> yeah so essentially what e3 is saying here is they're going to do a digital event but you know jeff Keeley did the summer of games and that was free he just had a website mm -hmm. set up with a bunch of calendar you know things and it was basically like he was collating all of the companies events into a calendar for everyone to pay attention to and he, he was doing the gaming industry like a, a favor by just saying like hey i'm going to be the independent person that everyone likes let's throw these all into a calendar and you know pump them all up let's spread it out make sure no one's overlapping and that is not e3 e3 is like one big block of noise where everyone's shouting as loud as they can and i think last year kind of showed that you know spreading it out you know you didn't have that big you know drum beat that was the game industry but you had like a long slow burn of announcements and i wonder if like sony microsoft ubisoft nintendo ea are going to be even interested in paying e3 or the esa to to have a digital event like are they going to want to participate mm -hmm. nintendo could just drop a youtube video uh at no cost to anyone but google servers and just be like we're good. Everyone's going to cover our Paper Mario trailer with with zero, you know, ramp up. It's we're going to be fine. So well, they were already moving that way anyways, right? Yeah. So I mean, they were already distancing themselves from like these events or like E three proper, right? And doing their own Nintendo Direct stuff. So I mean, yeah, like why bother? <laughs> yeah, it's just it'll be interesting to see. Like I think um, as of this the report that we have here from kutaku it's it's more based on like i guess pitch documents that were revealed like they're planning like a like a, a digital event nothing's mm -hmm. been announced but um yeah it'll be it really depends on the people who want to you know work with the esa on this event and really i don't think 
I, I know Sony, like last year, Sony was like, they canceled before the event was even canceled. They were like, we're not doing E3. Wasn't there a year, it was even a year previous where they said they weren't doing an E3. It was before the PS5 was unveiled. So there's already some weirdness there. And uh, I think I think this year it will be very interesting to see what happens. But I, I highly suspect a lot of these larger companies that usually foot the the big space at E3 are um, are probably not going to play ball. Yeah, I I can see that happening. I'm yeah, we'll have to see what the actual like conference looks like. But I think they're they're definitely losing some ground, whether you think that's uh, a good thing in the end or not. <laughs> I think that's kind of the way things are moving. So we'll have to see how all of these conferences kind of look, not even so much this year, but kind of going forward once we can actually go and, and meet up with people again, you know, uh, are vendors going to come back? <laughs> I don't know. It'll kind of all remains to be seen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, see. I mean, 2022 will be really interesting. Cause I think, uh, a lot of folks that are running these physical events are basically operating as if the event is happening until they get close enough where they can, you know, say it's not, you know, and, yeah. and then they pivot. Yeah. So I think with E3, that was the reason they had nothing last year is they were basically, we're going to do an event until we can't. And then it's, it's interesting that they're kind of coming up with options this year. So it kind of shows they're being a little more prepared, but they probably also see their lunch being, they probably saw their lunch being eaten all summer long last year. So yeah. they don't want that to happen <laughs> again or else there definitely won't be another E3. So um, yeah, it's make or break for them for sure. Absolutely. And I think that's also make or break for us because we're done. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back, though. We're not make or break. Yeah, we we will. We We really need that February patron, Jocelyn. Next week. My transitions are just on point tonight, just completely on point. Uh, If you'd like to join the conversation about any of the topics that we talked about, or if you want to give us your takes on the medium story, uh, do go and join the conversation over in discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss plays Ryan is at R Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the gamers Inn. thanks for staying at the gamers Inn. remember tune in next week. I promise we'll be there. (laughs) Bye everybody. (laughs) Bye everyone.